In a world with too much pop culture to consume, one woman and one man will argue about it until they get bored. It's an epic battle between obsession and indifference, and the winner will determine, well, very little actually, Emily Jones and Eric Johnson star in Giant Geek vs. Mega Noob. Whoever wins, we're still losers. Welcome to Giant Geek vs. Mega Noob, the podcast where we argue about something one of us is totally obsessed with. And the other has never even seen. I'm Emily Jones. And I'm Eric Johnson. If this is your first time listening, you can find more Giant Geek vs. Mega Noob at gvnpodcast.com. And you can also find all of our past episodes on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Yesterday was the first day of our Torture Bet Weekend. It's a fun name, fun concept we thought of. Mm. Quick recap, in case you didn't listen to that episode for any reason. We made a bet with each other earlier this year uh, about the Golden Globes. We both lost, which means that we're now both doing episodes about things that we love that we know the other person will hate. Yeah, and after uh, yesterday's episode, I am really regretting agreeing to this bet because I hated that. Yeah, I made Emily watch YouTube videos of people playing Grand Theft Auto V, specifically because these are videos that I like, and I suspected she would not. Spoiler alert for that episode, I was right. Yeah, you were, but now it is my turn to torture you. Oop, Uh uh-oh. Prepare to suffer, because we are watching a show that I absolutely love, and I believe you will not likely find any way to enjoy, uh, (laughs) Gossip Girl. It's a show that started in 2007 about a bunch of beautiful, insanely wealthy teenagers who all attend a private school on the Upper East Side of Manhattan. Uh, An anonymous blogger, Gossip Girl, tracks their every move. It is amazing. I've heard you reference this this show I reference it a lot. Um, but it's kind of like, um, I'm, I just watched an episode of Frasier. I know you haven't watched very much of Frasier. It's, I think, on our list. Um, but I just watched an episode of Frasier where uh, one character has a dog who is uh, looking at the owners, and they're talking about how, mu- how many words the dog can understand. And it's just blah, 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 Eddie, blah, 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 Eddie, blah, blah, blah. The dog only understands its name. Just generally speaking, it's it's no 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 disrespect, but you know, generally Gossip Girl when it comes up in conversation, it kind of just turns into blah 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 Gossip Girl blah blah yeah, blah. Yeah, blah, so blah. I, I sound <laughs> I sound like uh like an adult on Charlie Brown talking about Gossip Girl. That too. That that'd be a shorter reference. I could I could have compressed <laughs> that illusion okay. into something more accessible. Well, soon you'll get at least some of my Gossip Girl references because we're gonna watch Aww. three whole episodes. Okay. All right. Wah wah. Uh, so what, what are the episodes we're going to watch? All right. So we're we're going to start in season one. And these are we're actually, that's all we're going to watch episodes from season one. Um, and basically, I have chosen these episodes for they're they're like scientifically crafted to be just the height of decadent gossip girl glory <laughs> and okay. also shit that I suspect you will probably hate. Um, So we're going to watch episode one, the pilot, just to introduce everything. Uh, Then we're going to watch episode six, which is entitled The Handmaiden's Tale. And then we're going to jump to season one, episode 16, which is called All About My Brother. Okay. Um, Now, obviously, we're we're uh, we're jumping around and it's a show that's based largely on interpersonal drama. So um, 
there's stuff might change in the intervening yeah, episodes. Stuff is <laughs> stuff is gonna change. Um so I'm gonna ask you to just be a little bit be a little bit fluid with like and honestly after three episodes <laughs> it's probably won't be difficult, but like try not to get hung up on like, wait, I thought those two people were dating because there is a good chance that they've they've gotten together and broken up a couple times in in the intervening <laughs> Also though, um and yours might not do this because uh, because it, it, it's probably it might be that I have watched the whole series and that's why Netflix always wants to skip the previously on video. Oh, right, because it treats that as like the intro to right. the show. So right. yours yours might not do that because it's your first time watching it, but ju- but be aware of it. Uh, every episode has a previously on Gossip Girl, and you should absolutely watch them to because, fill in the gaps of the episodes. Yeah, that because I were because skipping. we're because we're skipping episodes. Um, they're they're pretty good about. Uh, I mean, you'll be you'll be missing a lot of context, but they're pretty good about like key dramatic moments that you need to understand the dramatic moments that are going to happen in the episode. Uh, so be sure to watch your previously on Gossip Girls for okay. this. To, to... One, one of those shows where the previously on is like the, you know, here's the summary of the, exactly. of the characters that it you're going to need to remember. It distills every, everything that, that you might have missed. Um, and I think that's going to be essential to your being able to follow what the hell is even happening in these episodes. I mean, does it even matter? I mean, I think we, we already know how this is going to go, but I'm, I'm going to give you it a never, chance. You never know. I mean, I, never I, know. I, I, we'll see. You might not hate this. I think that you will, but I don't know. <laughs> you never know. All right. Well, so as you, as you mentioned, it looks like these are all on Netflix, they are. Uh, but it, I see here you can also uh, buy the episodes from the usual places, Amazon, iTunes, Vudu, Google Play. Uh, however, I'm going to be watching a Netflix because there is no way I'm going to pay $6 to have myself tortured. Uh, but if you don't have a Netflix, that's one way to do it. So, yeah, we're going to um, honestly, if you're listening to an episode about Gossip Girl, I feel like you probably know everything that happens in these episodes. Uh, but we are going to spoil things, as we always do. Spoil, I guess, we'll, we'll spoil up At- through the last episode that we watched, right? right? Of like, course. you're probably not planning um, to spoil the entire series. It would be physically impossible to spoil. There's, there are six seasons of this show. We're not going to spoil the whole series. Good there's, God, here's the thing. Here's the thing. There is a non-zero chance as we have this discussion because I assume you're not going to want to watch more of it. That I might tell you other things. Like maybe right, I'll no, tell I'm you just saying how much we should warn the listeners. Well, for maybe her, maybe know. I'll tell you who Gossip Girl is. You never know. Okay. Um, <laughs> but if you care about that, you already know. So it's okay. In any case, we're going to go watch the episodes now, and you should too, listeners. And and then come back and and we'll discuss them with spoilers. Sounds good, I yes, guess. Yes, it does sound good. Ugh. You know you'll love it. <laughs> Where is she being, Serena? And who am I? That's not a secret I'll never tell. You know you love me. XOXO. Gossip, And we're back. We've just watched three episodes of one of Emily's favorite TV shows, Gossip Girl. Uh, we're going to get to what I thought of the show, but first off, uh, Emily, why do you love Gossip Girl so much? Why is it one of your favorites? <sighs> Gossip Girl is like a, just a delicious confection of a show. Like, it's just like delightfully dramatic and, and it's, it is, it's like dessert. It's just like, it's just so like... I don't know. I love all of their all of their their p- 
heady, dramatic nonsense. <laughs> um, it's just so fun. Like, it's just, ah, it's just so enjoyable to me to watch them, like, I don't know, repeatedly stab each other in the back and, like, fling little Volmo at each other at, at ridiculous fancy parties and, like, all of this nonsense. And the other yeah. thing also that I, like, I don't know, the thing I think especially that that I always come back to when I rewatch it, especially as an adult is like kind of layered on top of that is like how much, how much pressure they're all under. Like it, they're like the show, the show does a lot of creating of like intense drama and like intense, like dramatic climactic moments. Like that's kind of its right. stock and trade, but like they're also all operating on like this heightened, I don't know, heightened high pressure landscape. Like in the very first episode, they're, these kids are 17 years old. And in the very, maybe but they, they dress like they're 30. Well, yeah, <laughs> but, but they're, they're, they're supposed to be 16 or 17 years old. Jenny and Eric are actually more like 15. And in ah. the very first episode, one of them breaks up with his girlfriend. And the next day, his dad tells him that he has to get back together with her so, Which like, I do want to talk about that to scene. To secure but... <laughs> a family business deal. You don't give up just because things are hard. Not in business. Or if your family is depending on you. Like that yeah. is the level of like crazy intensive pressure that these kids are under kind of from all sides. Like their parents and each <laughs> other and their school. And like, I don't know. It's just like, re- it just makes for like really like high drama like high school opera like it's great i love it (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's interesting that you call it dessert um i think that's a good analogy uh i'll just i won't be quite bad at i didn't hate it i didn't love it i didn't i didn't i didn't love it enough to to be like i gotta watch the next one even at even in spite of that wonderful cliffhanger at the (laughs) end of the third episode we watched very well done cliffhanger um this was not torture for me. I, I think the dessert analogy, extending that a little bit farther, it's kind of like a really coconutty dessert. I'm not a big fan of the coconut flavor. <laughs> okay. But if you gave me a coconut dessert, I would still be able to recognize that it's sweet and that it was, that it was a, you know, a, you'd get, a well-made you'd get dessert. why people like it. I'm, yeah. I'm so torn between being, like, really excited that you seem to have found, like, something to appreciate about Gossip Girl and being disappointed that I, that, and I was actually failed as a torturer. I was afraid (laughs) that this would happen. Like while we were watching the, the videos that you made me watch, I was thinking like, is it even possible for him to hate Gossip Girl as much as I'm hating (laughs) these videos right now? Cause like, I don't know. I I mean, it has, it has redeeming qualities. It really does. To, to call back to one of your criticisms about the YouTube videos we watched yesterday, um, you know, there, there's there's fundamental stuff about just the the craft of those videos that can be alienating in terms of how they're <laughs> edited, how they how they're shot, etc. This is at, at the very least you have to give it credit. This is a very well made show. Oh, it this is. is a very yeah. like on the craft level. Um, this is way beyond what I was expecting because I think when in my head when you tell me oh this is like a teen soap opera or some melodrama or whatever. I'm just thinking like days of our lives, like soap opera, soap opera, where it's on cheap cameras, on like, no. you know, cheap sets. You know, this is a very like nice looking show. We've, we've um, run into this before. We ran into this with Twin Peaks as well, is that that um, there is there is a tendency now in mm-hmm. in in 2018 and in the last several years to refer to shows as soaps, to refer to them as like a primetime soap. Um, because 
they operate on that kind of like heightened dramatic level that soap operas right. do where like every single episode like couples are breaking up and getting back together and people die they murder each other and they they have whatever like you know the the, the dramatic stuff that that soap operas are are known for um mm-hmm. but but the thing about being a primetime show on a network in primetime once a week is there's a lot higher budget and production value. Well, I don't know about the budget specifically, but in terms of the the budget they, that they goes into the production, they had a very good music budget. They, they had a very good music licensing yeah, they, budget. Yeah, for the they show. do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The music in this show is is really stellar in a very 2007 way, but it is very which on. I like. That's that's a good that's a good year for for my music. Yeah, case. no, I know the music. <laughs> the music is great, but yeah, no, like like when I say like a prime like a teen primetime teen soap, yeah, not mm-hmm. a not a you know every airs every single day in the afternoon so like traditional right. soap like it just has what, what we've i don't even know if you called it a soap but i feel like sometime in the past you you, you have called it a soap i mean like, it, it, it is it was a you know a primetime teen soap but yeah no 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 have very very high production values i mean it's like so much of it is filmed on location and was filmed on location in new york and the fashion and it was like it was a very like big fucking deal in New York at the time. I think the uh, the Palace Hotel where Serena mm-hmm. moves to. Um, I'm pretty sure I recognize that from um, the night before, which is a Seth Rogen, mm-hmm. Joseph Gordon-Levitt yeah. uh, Christmas movie. Um, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure that they they use the same exterior there of that hotel. I think it, I'm pretty sure it's the exterior of the Palace Hotel. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, <laughs> And yeah, and later on, the Empire Hotel becomes a thing, and and um, a lot of people like as the show continued. Like I said, it was it was a big deal. It was a very it was a popular show. You know, I was a senior in high school when this premiered, so like my friends and mm-hmm. I would like watch this like at at somebody's house after school. Like we were super into right. this, like because teens were. But it was also like kind of a phenomenon in New York because it was it's so in New York like. Uh, New York Magazine slash Vulture had used to have these Gossip Girl recaps where they they would like they would like <laughs> criticize like the believability of different like moment. They're they're brilliant recaps, but like the restaurants that they reference going to tomorrow dinner at the Waverly and then to one fifty one for drinks. Yeah, are all real. Yeah, not all of them necessarily, but a lot of them are like trendy restaurants that fancy ass Upper East Side people would go to. Like it's. Yeah, it's it's a lot. Oh, and what I started to say was um, increasingly uh, there are cameos as you get mm. a little bit a little bit as we get towards the end of this season. Like the next two episodes that that close out the season that we didn't watch um, include Lily, Serena's mom, um, her rehearsal mm. dinner and her wedding. And okay. like I think that there is like random like blink and you'll miss them celebrity appearances maybe in those and Uh, and increasingly as the show went on there were like because there's there's a there's generally at least one like big fucking party scene in every single episode pretty much i noticed that there's a lot of parties in this show yeah (laughs) and you know who loves parties gossip girl yeah, and then well, and they get they it get they get worse about relying on that as a crutch as the show goes on. But um, oh, really? but but increasingly as the show went on, every single one of those would have like random celebrities that would pop up, including sure. uh, Ivanka Trump and Jared Kushner at one point. Oh, lovely. Yeah, but <laughs> um, but again, because they're like you know high, like 
New York social the scene. high society. Yeah, New York, New York society types. And New York society sure. types showed up on this show a whole bunch. Anyway. Yeah. None of this uh, is I mean, necessary. Okay, on, on the topic of all the parties, like, that actually gets at one of my complaints about the show, which is... Um, I, I realized that, I, so I, I did look up who the voice of the narrator Gossip Girl oh, is. Yeah. I saw that on IMDb because I was like, that voice seems awfully I'm familiar. i her providing snarky narration to a television show on the CW. Hmm. Yeah, it's Kristen Bell. <laughs> so, um, I... Isn't she so, so good? She's like wicked and She's great. very good. But I, I, I think we're both fans of Veronica Mars, yes. uh, her, her, the show that she's probably best known for, even though The Good Place is amazing. I think more people know her for Veronica Mars. It's been than around else. a lot longer. And I, I, maybe it's because of the familiarity of her voice. Maybe it was just because I'm more familiar with Veronica Mars. I found myself drawing comparisons between the two shows where Ooh. this one was constantly losing. Of course. Um, this because one's, yeah, this one's also- always going to lose to Veronica Mars in terms of like actual quality of a show. But, but, I mean, just in terms of, like, premise. Like, not even about the, the execution, but just, like, the, the premise of, like... Because right. Veronica Mars also dealt with a lot of wealthy teenagers who had a lot of high-stakes emotional relationship drama. But what it did differently was, A, it surrounded all of that with, like, murder mystery. Well, clearly from the end of this third episode, we may have a murder mystery <laughs> in our hands. But, it, you know, it had, it, had a, it had a procedural mystery element to it with, with Veronica's and her dad's work. And it also... Um, it took a more critical look at the elite yeah. status of a lot of those kids, whereas this is very much, even even the kids who live in Brooklyn very much want to be in the Upper East Side. They're, they very much want in. It's, it's not something, it's not there. They're not like Veronica kind of looking from the outside. Yeah. And, and you know, Ver- Veronica's dad being the disgraced former police guy. You know, the, the dad here, the, the, the dad in Brooklyn is a former, like, celebrity musician it seems like with a very nice brooklyn apartment so oh yeah there's you know, not really the the in crowd out crowd in the same way it, you know yeah. and that was bugging me well and and um no i mean that's that's absolutely true and uh and you know veronica mars does a really great job of of you know putting putting uh, the very premise of the show right from the, the right. outset of the pilot of veronica mars is they they put those extremely wealthy people right in the same high school in the same town with extremely not wealthy people. I think Veronica says something in the very first episode about like, if you go to this school, you are either like a wealthy movie star or you're like, or not a movie star necessarily, but you're extremely wealthy or your parents work for those wealthy people. Like there's no, she's, I think she even says there's no middle class in Neptune. Um, and, and the, like, and which side note that she at one point one episode they explicitly compare it to uh, Palo Alto and East Palo Alto, which, right? Which is yeah, yeah, yeah. When, in, <laughs> in season in season two, when they when they are talking about potentially incorporating Neptune as a city, yeah. um, but no, they because uh, well, I think the thing is that Veronica Mars like Veronica Mars sets out to do a lot of things. I mean, Veronica Mars sets out to to be a show about about class conflict and about, you know, wealth and power and, and the relationships, like the way those things relate to each other and a show about, you know, rape culture and, um, and all, all which this show also gets well, very, very much. It, this show this, seems to this show. Well, this what I was like, you know, this, this show showcases wealth in a very unexamined way. You know, whereas whereas Veronica Mars sets out to hold a critical lens to all of that stuff, this this show yeah. doesn't really. 
it it kind of it it just sort of fetishizes wealth like it doesn't really it, it takes it as written it, right it doesn't hold a critical lens to it and the same the same I think is true in of of rape culture I mean it certainly displays it there's there's mm-hmm. you know Chuck attempts to rape both Serena and Jenny in the very first episode. Um, yeah. But again, but then apparently he and Jenny, or he and no, he and Serena seem to reconcile by the third episode. It seems like they're hanging out, and being friends again. Um, so yeah, that's that's the thing that you would have missed. So um, yeah, the thing that this show comes back to a bunch of times is that all of these kids have known each other their whole lives and right. and have been friends since they were little. They mentioned Blair and Nate dating since kindergarten, which is so weird and creepy that they keep mentioning it. But anyway, yeah. um. <laughs> But they've all known each other forever, and so there's there's a lot of there's there's a very serious degree to which they're all like very like ride or die for each other um, mm-hmm. when it comes down to it. Uh, even if they are like in fights with each other, or they have like their their like little dramas. So um, for two episodes leading up to the third one that we watched, um, mm-hmm. Georgina is kind of like Georgina of- is Sarah Michelle Geller, right? Um, no, Michelle Trachtenberg is who you mean, I think. Oh, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> I, was, I had Buffy on the brain. Yeah. Yeah, she's the, the girl with the dark hair who who shows up in the third episode. Who, who, the one who's blackmailing Serena. Right. So she, so okay. the, there's, there's a build to that blackmail that happens over the course of two episodes prior to that third one that we watched. Okay. Um, and Chuck, uh, Chuck kind of, it, like, helps Serena out, like, helps her through that. And the thing is that Chuck is... Chuck is like the skeeziest worst person that all of them know except for Georgina. So he kind of he makes sense as the person that Serena kind of turns to as as George. Like, okay. You know, she's like she's worried that like perfect princess Blair will not understand. Once Georgina caught on you, then I understand what's so bad you can't even tell me. So, you know, what? whereas Chuck is like. Chuck is a scumbag, and Chuck is right, also so he, he, very... Right, he thinks like a scumbag. Yeah. Right, he thinks like a scumbag, and he's also, like, you know, he's smarter than Nate. Nate's a dope. Um, yeah. You know, so so Chuck is actually able to, like, help her try and kind of outsmart and get out from under the thumb of Georgina temporarily. Um, okay. Yeah, so that's... that's and then she comes back with the tape. Okay. Yeah, that's the way in which they've they've reconciled between those episodes. But yeah, the show... That's the, And what I, what I was driving at, though, talking about Chuck attempting to rape both Serena and Jenny in the first episode, um, mm-hmm. is that, yeah, the show totally, like... I mean, it doesn't exactly forget that that stuff happened. Like, it remains, like, a, like plot points that occurred in, in the history of the show when it needs to come up. But right. the show lets him... The show essentially lets him get away with that and lets him... Um, let's lets him essentially be redeemed without ever really having any kind of like redemption arc. He just kind of like, we just sort of accept it, it again. As I was saying about wealth, it's, it, it displays, it's, it's not as critical of that culture. It's not critical of that. It's not critical of it at all. It just displays yeah. it as part of, as part of Chuck. And he ends up being a major like romantic lead in over the course of the series. Like, hmm. like he, his, you're not going to watch more Gossip Girl. You don't care if I spoil shit, do you? I, I don't care, but I think for <laughs> listeners who might want to see more, who who maybe like these more than I did, I would say if you want to maybe put a, a, a season a tag on what you're about to spoil in case people um, want to fast forward I mean, a bit. What I'm about to spoil is stuff that happens between the second and the third episode. Some of it is, is stuff that happens between the second and the third episode that we watched, uh, but it just didn't happen to come up in the third episode. Yeah. 
but um, well, just the point is that that Chuck Chuck ends up ends up in one of the the major end game romances for the series. That for a lot of people, if you who are fans of the show as opposed to of the book series, um, that if you like, if you ask people, like people are big fans of him and of this like like relationship as mm-hmm. as one of the core relationships of the show, um, which is like horrible and gross. But yeah, no. So this this show doesn't try to be critical, really, of at all of society, yeah. of wealth, of. And I, I think that's kind of like ultimately where I wound up with was because it wasn't critical of that aspect. I was less patient with its indulgence of the party scene, you know. I, but I totally get why this is getting back to my my understanding why people like coconut, right? Is like, <laughs> I totally get why this is an enjoyable show to put on, either you know in the background or especially if you were that age when it f- debuted, like following oh week to week. I'm sure that must have been a an intense experience. I you actually know, think the, the first episode I ever watched, the entire episode of, was the third one that we watched. <laughs> Oh really? Yeah, <laughs> and it is, and it was. It was like at somebody's house after school one day, and like it has always stuck with me as like, holy shit, yeah. this show, man! <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I I thought the third episode was the best out of the the ones oh, yeah. that we watched. It was, it had the best dialogue for sure. There's the the most um, kind of the the snappiest lines and the cleverest, you know, character turns. Well, I thought. and that's why I wanted to jump ahead and watch that one because it's like... Yeah, I can see why you did. It's it's really, like, that that episode to me is is really, the like, the, the, the essence of Gossip Girl, like, distilled perfectly into one episode. Like, that is everything that Gossip Girl is. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a lot in that episode. Yeah. You had, you had your requisite party, but you also had the outing of a major character. You had people cheating, people lying... Uh, people using Sidekick mobile phones back when that was a thing. Yeah. You know, it's, it's had everything. It really, um, it does. It just ha- has, it has so much. Well, and not just, the thing is, not just a big party. It's very specifically yeah. a bunch of breadcrumbs of, not even breadcrumbs, but a bunch of, a bunch of little, little steps of drama that all build to a dramatic mm-hmm. confluence once everyone's together in their fancy clothes, which is right. that, that is is gossip that's gossip girl especially again in later seasons it starts to Mm. it starts to just become like literally nothing but that and it gets like really annoying (laughs) but yeah (laughs) no i mean i uh just quick footnote for the third episode there because that's the episode where i think this this is not uh yeah, because by the second episode, Jenny is still serving as the handmaiden. She's, right. She's just... Uh, right, she so hasn't episode, carved out a spot at the top yet. Uh, quick footnote, just funny coincidence. Um, the Achievement Hunter videos that I made you watch for, for my torture episode, mm-hmm. one of the people in the heist group uh, wound up leaving the, that, that group and was replaced by a guy named Jeremy, whose nickname is Little J. <laughs> so when they kept on calling Jenny Little J, all I was thinking of was a, you know, 25-year-old bald dude from Boston. <laughs> Not Taylor Momsen. <laughs> yeah, because I've, I've spent so many, so I've heard him referred to as Little J so much that, that so it was an uh, extremely different different uh, mental image. Yeah, I think Little J <laughs> is just go- is Gossip Girl's moniker for for Jenny. Anyone with the... For, oh, just for no, Jenny? For, Je- for Jenny in particular. Yeah, Gossip Girl has, like, little... It calls it calls Jenny Little J, and it calls Dan Lonely Boy. Okay. Um, Which made me think Serena of... Uh, and, remember, Serena remember and Blair it, are just S and B, obviously. Right, and then they call each other S and B, which is suspicious, but... 
Um, I know, but they also, I mean, Georgina does it too, and they, sh- you know, refers to herself as G. It's like a little thing that they do. Yeah. Okay. When you say okay. suspicious, do you mean because you're trying to figure out who Gossip Girl is? I mean, I'm pretty sure it's Kristen Bell. I, th- I think she's, yeah, I think she's just, just reporting from Neptune. It is. It is just Kristen Bell. Yeah, basically. <laughs> well, because the thing is, the timing, the timing actually would work out for. Uh, yeah, for her to be reporting Veronica, from across the country. Well, if we forget, <laughs> if we pretend that, if we pretend that season three of Veronica Mars didn't happen, right. um, and Veronica went to college in New York instead of in uh, California, then the timing, I don't. It would be out of character for Veronica to do this, yeah. But she could have gone. <laughs> the time it would work. She could have gone to college in New York and ended up starting a blog about a bunch of wealthy high schoolers, teenagers. Yeah. As I don't know why she would, but well, I mean, I, I assume that the the main inspiration for this must be like Perez Hilton, right? Where it's like just some rando writing about celebrities, or is there a more specific like New York like? teen society blog that i'm blissfully unaware of i don't think i don't think that there's a a, an act a real life thing that it's um that it's mimicking in terms of like high school stuff besides just Mm -hmm. like gossip column culture i will say specifically blog culture where you have the text blast going out to people's phones and and all that stuff this is a very uh you know early internet Mm -hmm. 2.0 show well and i i think also there's um I do think that there's there's an element of like they in the third episode they mentioned something about Gossip Girl's credibility being like down around page six, mm-hmm. which like I do think there's I mean page six obviously has been around forever, but uh, that's the New York Post one, right, right? That's the New York Post like gossip slash society column. But the thing is like there is the, there is stuff in a lot of stuff in page six that's not just about like nationwide celebrities. Like there is. There's like a there's like a New York society right. column kind of culture, um, mm-hmm. which all of these kids would be, uh, are all of their parents are are players in in like actual right. adult society columns, you know. Um, so I think that that's I, I have to assume that's some of it, but it's based on a book series. So there's there's a series oh. of yeah there's a series of like YA books. Um, hmm. that are exactly this. I mean, it starts out pretty similar and then diverges pretty wildly from the books. It's eventually... So it's exactly like Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah. And, and, honestly, there's a lot of similarities between <laughs> Gossip Girl and Game of Thrones. Um, I think I think you should write an essay about, you know, drawing dry, <laughs> comparisons between I mean, the honestly, like, you know, we're talking about, we're talking about power struggles, uh, it's, it's, it's all about, it's all about power struggles and, and, you know, insufficient self-examination of rape culture like it's it's really pretty similar this is a, this is a stronger case for this than i initially thought of course there is <laughs> <laughs> look i can make a pretty strong case for like any random ass pop culture connection that you that you want to make um but you have characters who are both called little one of them is a dwarf and the other one's just just 14 years old you know <laughs> yeah and the actress actually is um Unlike the rest, the rest it of, actually is fourteen years. Yeah, old. the rest of them, the rest of them are like most most alleged teens on teen shows. They're like eighteen plus, twenties, playing seventeen okay. year olds. Some some of them definitely are in their twenties. But yeah, no, but Taylor, Taylor Momsen really was like only fourteen or fifteen when the show started. Yeah, um, fascinating. I know there was something else I was gonna say. Oh, sorry, I probably interrupted with my my hilarious Game of Thrones analogy. Um. Oh, I was just talking. I was talking about the where the show came from, but I, and and uh, that it, it was based on books. 
um, which I never read the books. I have friends who were into the books and some people who were very into the books, like would get frustrated with the show and stopped watching it because of all the ways the show diverged. Um, the only iteration, the only book I've read mm. is from God uh, from the gossip girl books is an amazing book <laughs> called gossip girl psycho killer. Okay. And, and it's by the original author. That's kind of the craziest thing about it. So the original author went back and like redid the first gossip girl book, but made it all made it so that they're all like vicious murderers. So like they all, they all like murder each other. Um, Whoa. Okay. Yeah. And it's, it's actually, it's the best thing. Um, so, so I, uh, as I said, I didn't read the books, but, but, or the show early on tracked closely enough with, mm-hmm. uh, with the books that like the first book is pretty identifiably like the first several episodes of the show. Uh, mm-hmm. and so I can, t- I like, I know like what's supposed to happen and then, but instead and you know the murderer version, <laughs> right. But instead like Serena, like slashes somebody's throat and it's, and it's honestly, it's amazing. And the reason that it's amazing is that it actually works so well because, because of the the intensity with which they regard their backstabbing in words yep. matches the intensity of actually killing someone. <laughs> right. Well, and it's it's back to that like that that like high pressure, mm-hmm. intense like world that they're living in that I was talking about before. Like, I can see that, yeah. That it actually, it actually makes total sense. And, like, especially if we watch some of the other episodes that have more to do with, like, academics and stuff, you would see, like, mm-hmm. how insanely tightly wound Blair is. Like, it makes total sense that she would snap and murder someone. Like, it works. <laughs> it just really works. It's, mm. well, I guess you, and- you, you, well, you do know that Serena killed a guy. So there's, there is that. But it's not I, in the... I didn't know it was a guy. I think she said I killed someone. I killed someone. But then, but then the the blackmail tape is is her with someone like it's. With I mean, a male do you voice, do you want so. me to tell you? It's honestly, yeah. honestly. So it all comes out in the following in the episode that follows the one we watched, and it's it's yeah. it's honestly like it's so anticlimactic after that like dramatic like. So a secret murder is anticlimactic. Yeah, well, so that because they they kind of oversell it with how good the previous episode is. Mm-hmm. Um, so it ends up being you get you kind of get a sense of what it is, right? Like you get a sense you get a sense that it's like a sex tape gone wrong, kind of is what it sounds like from the little clip that you hear. Right. Um. So basically, uh, and it sounds like, and there's a there's a mention at the start of the tape about like. The new sh- the Mr. and Mrs. Shepherd. Hey, baby, are the new Mr. and Mrs. Shepherd? I just right. I wrote. I I'd written down that the Shepherd wedding was mm-hmm. where Serena also hooked up with Nate. Right. So yeah. So Serena. So she was busy. <laughs> she was busy that night. Yeah. So Serena flees the Shepherd wedding after hooking up with Nate because she's obviously racked with guilt because she just slept with her best friend's boyfriend. Sure. Um, as you do. So she goes to go hang out with Georgina. Uh, at and it ends up being that they go to like a hotel room and there's some guy and they're like partying and doing coke and you know engaging in all manner of shenanigans that would happen in a hotel room uh but the guy ODs on coke okay that's 
that's what Serena means. When so he... she killed him by giving him the drugs that he owed. Well, he's, but he actually brought the drugs. <laughs> or no, Georgina. So she didn't kill anyone. No, exactly. <laughs> that's why it's anticlimactic. Is she didn't yeah. she didn't kill anyone and actually so she's like really freaked out about it, but so what happens in the next episode is what I was talking about about them all being ride or die, like Basically, no one mm-hmm. in the like inner circle is even speaking to each other at this point in the season, like because they all hate each other for a variety of reasons. But they sure. all come or come together and like circle the wagons, uh, Blair and Nate and Chuck circle the wagons to protect to help Serena. Out, to protect Serena, and they end up bringing her mom into it, and um, uh, they they track down the guy's family, and it turns out that like he had you know been struggling with addiction for years and had, you know, had near miss overdoses several times. And like, if he hadn't overdosed that day, he would have overdosed some other day was, is kind of their attitude toward it that toward it. They don't blame Hmm. her at all. And she still feels guilty because like she gave him the last, the line that killed him, but it ends up strongly broke the camel's back. Basically the whole thing is wrapped up in one episode and it turns out that it's just, yeah. At least it was a good cliffhanger. It I sounds know. like I didn't miss like much by Yeah, like the, the cliffhanger the cliffhanger at the end of the episode is so much better than the actual like denouement of the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> um but yeah, so no, in the show or the books original book series, Serena does not murder anyone in the sense of like she can't take it anymore, so she just like cuts somebody's throat. In Gossip right. Girl Psycho Killer she does and it's the best <laughs> all right then <laughs> it's anyway anyway it's like an alternate um, alternate universe gossip girl situation um, I, I haven't i haven't seen the show it may be on our list i'm not sure um but that reminds it, it makes me think of that um that riverdale show that everyone's nuts oh, about yeah like i watched Archie the universe. first i watched the first um season and a bit of that okay I haven't seen any of it, but I've I've heard there's a lot of people who, um, apparently the creator of that show, before he did that show, did an alternate universe Archie storyline in the comics where it's like life after death Archie or something like that. Oh, yeah. Basically, uh the zombie apocalypse, apocalypse comes to Riverdale. Yeah. And so, uh, similar idea of taking a, a, you know, uh, universe and just, just having, like, killers in it. Yeah. (laughs) There's been a lot of like blogosphere speculation about whether uh, whether Riverdale would ever go in like that far in that direction. I see. I haven't seen any of it. So um, I, don't, I don't know if it yeah, is or not, or maybe it has. Riverdale. <laughs> Riverdale wants so badly to be Gossip Girl, and it's just not. Um, oh. And the thing is, the thing is that there's a lot of there are a lot of shows that that owe a great deal to Gossip Girl. <laughs> Pretty little, yeah. Pretty Little Liars also is like. There's so much that that it that it owes to Gossip Girl, um, mm-hmm. and and there's I don't know there's a bunch of other shows too, and it's like not to Gossip Girl is also not original. It comes from other things. Like I actually, of course, yeah, you know, I actually by chance for other reasons watched Heather's last night, and never seen it. I yeah, I think it's on our list for the podcast. But I was really yeah. struck. I don't think I've ever watched heathers in such close proximity to the last time i watched gossip girl um because i because prepare to in order to pick the, the best episodes for this podcast i you know watched the entire first season of gossip girl a couple weeks ago um and so having that very fresh in my mind watching heathers last night i was struck by how much gossip girl has borrowed from heathers mm-hmm. um so you know gossip girl is certainly and i mean 90210 like 
Never saw that. Neither, either, uh, neither did I, but I I know enough about it to know that like Gossip Girl is sure as hell not the first show to be all about like the oh, high course, drama yeah. machinations of extremely wealthy teenagers. Um, <laughs> but there are a lot of shows, more recent shows like Riverdale that that want really badly to be Gossip Girl, and they just are not. <laughs> <laughs> Well, here's the important thing. Does Kristen Bell narrate Riverdale? Because if she no. doesn't, then what's the point? No. Cole Sprouse narrates Riverdale. Who you really? would who you would recognize as um I know that name. Why why do I know that name? Because uh Cole and Dylan Sprouse are a pair of twins, uh, who are most famous for the sweet life of Zach and Cody, but they were also Ross's son on Friends. As well as oh, they played Ben. <laughs> yeah, as well as um, the kid in uh, Big Daddy, the Adam Sandler movie. I only saw that once. I don't remember it super well. Uh, so that's why you that's why you know the name Cole Sprouse. But he plays Jughead, okay. who's like an emo, like <laughs> self important, like dark. Nobody gets me. It's the worst. <laughs> <laughs> okay then. Anyway, back to Gossip Girl. Back to Gossip Girl. Uh, so I already mentioned the fact that uh, everyone has sidekicks. Uh, so I, I, I think I mentioned this last in the Fast and the Furious episode. I, lo- I love getting the little time capsule of just of like, technology. oh, it's so cute what they thought cutting edge technology was, you know. Um, this, this this show is like clearly like a year too early because I think I think 07 was when they maybe announced the iPhone summer, but summer hadn't of released 07, it yet. Yep. Summer of well, actually, I don't know if the announcement came out. I, the reason I remember 07 so specifically being the iPhone was that um, I remember the first person I ever knew to have an iPhone, and it was. They, I think they were. I think they were first released in summer of 2007. You're right. Because, no, I, I thought. I thought about that same thing. I first held an iPhone in September of 07. Yeah, uh, my freshman year. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was definitely. I was at this summer program thing for the entire month of July of 2007, and one of the kids in the program got an iPhone. Like his pa- mm-hmm. one of the weekends when his parents visited, they like brought him an iPhone. Um, so, so this show clearly was in production before, maybe you know, before that was out. Oh yeah. Uh, I assume they must switch to smartphones later on in the series. Eventually, the sidekicks. <laughs> eventually, they do. But you know, smartphones. It took it took a long time for smartphones to be as pervasive, like to be super pervasive. True. Um, True. They were they were so expensive. For yeah. Me, although yeah. of course for this for this demographic, money is no object. But their phones change a mm. lot. And actually, I recently so Gossip Girl obviously had its its ten year uh, ten year anniversary last year. Mm. Uh, so there was a lot of flutter about it, especially on Vulture because Vulture and New York Magazine were very into Gossip Girl at the time. They know where their bread is buttered. <laughs> <laughs> so um, they, uh, and, but it might not have been Vulture, but. Anyway, somebody did like an oral history of Gossip Girl, um, <laughs> but they talked about how the show would would usually have like whatever the latest cell phone that everybody was all excited about it would often be appearing on the show, like like product placement. Yeah, or... probably well, like product placement, but but like but like live as things were coming out, practically like no one would have even heard of this phone, and they'd be filming an episode where it was somebody's cell phone because right. Um, you know, because because phones were such a big deal on the show, and it was right. such a popular show, and and blah blah blah. Um, Makes sense. No, I mean, it does. I, the, I, the, the other thing, other than the prevalence of sidekicks, was at <laughs> one point you see the back of someone's camera phone, and it's like, oh my god, it's a gigantic lens. Oh, I've yeah. forgotten how big camera phones were. <laughs> yeah, for for the ones that the ones that were actually like a salt like a 
not a good camera, but like a not mm-hmm. sh- not horrifyingly shitty camera. It was like a camera lens that took up like the entire top of the flip phone thing. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I, it's funny that you meant that you bring up the, like the data technology aspect. Cause like that was something I was noticing was, um, it's become such a thing now in so many, not every show, but a lot of shows have gotten better and better and better at incorporating the way that we communicate and use technology in, mm-hmm. in shows. Um, unfortunately, I'm a, the, the shows that spring to mind for me are, uh, shows that, you haven't seen yet, but like in the Mindy project, well, Sherlock, well, right? Sherlock, in, yes, text. Sherlock has text messages pop up. in In the Mindy project, they have text messages pop up. Jane the Virgin is probably the best show on television, period. But also at um, <laughs> one, it's, it is one of the best shows on television. But also at specifically at, so at, te- at technology use, you watch characters, you watch characters type type. Uh, messages as they're typing them they pop up on the screen and then mm-hmm. they rethink what they're going to say and it erases and or if somebody's waiting like you you see the thinking bubbles while they're waiting for a response like on the screen it's it's really really good but i was thinking about this watching this how uh gossip girl really was like was very much on the cutting edge of that of like actual of like showing a chat screen or showing text messages and having that be like an essential part of the characters' lives and the viewing experience. Yeah, the the seeing the the um the screens of the phones, like seeing the messages delivered, kind of like as the characters would see them. Um, I thought that was a very smart. That was a mm-hmm. canny way of just showing, and also showing like everyone at the party, like in their you know their fancy gowns and their gloves, like looking down. You oh, know, well, when those is... ominous, with like when a big when a big Gossip Girl blast goes out, and like, mm-hmm. and it 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 does it it like heightens the drama of the moment because you before before right. everybody in the room quite knows or whoever's affected knows what the drama is going to be, you hear like bloop 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 bloop. You hear this chorus of cell phone notifications all over the room, and it's like, it's like, uh, uh, I don't know, it's almost like dun-dun-dun, or yeah, something. Even though the hardware may seem dated now, in a way, this show is ahead of, way ahead of its time, because it's showing how addicted everyone was, yeah. is, uh, you know, to, to those notifications. And yet they like, lose their phones a lot. <laughs> <laughs> is is that important for well they need to replace them with the newest model for the next product placement so <laughs> yeah but the the ability of characters on the show who live so fully through their phones so like like the third episode that we watched where where they snuck into the boys locker room and stole Asher's phone so that right, they could get all right. his, his information and Asher was just apparently without his phone for half the day so that <laughs> that kind of behavior happens a great deal on Gossip Girl and it's like really you you all like live in your phones you live and die by your phones and yet somehow like your phones are constantly getting stolen so that people can pose as you <laughs> to send text messages to other people and like all kinds of like crazy shenanigans nonsense yeah <laughs> but it is also just like one i think i think we're probably almost done here but just well, like one more point about just kind of like the world that they live in specifically as regards like technology and their like addiction to their phones and stuff it is also like it's like a fascinating and terrifying kind of surveillance state that they all live in because yeah. like you know gossip- there's someone who's tipping gossip girl at every scene yeah yep. 
And and the thing is that everyone around them is potentially a tipper to Gossip Girl. Like, no matter mm-hmm. where they go, some rando at Grand Central Station could snap their picture or some random person could overhear something in the school hallway. And, like, everyone around them is, like, a, is like a, a minion of Gossip Girl that's, like, adding to this, like, insane, again, surveillance state that, like, controls and, and ruins all of their lives all the time. It's crazy. <laughs> I do have one other thing that I, that I wanted to uh, uh, bring up, which okay. which I kind of let slip earlier when I accidentally called Michelle Trachtenberg Sarah Michelle Gellar, <laughs> um, which is that I had not seen Michelle Trachtenberg in anything post-Buffy, and it's uncanny how much she sounds like Sarah Michelle Gellar. Like, it's, even though she was the fictional sister on Buffy, in the scene where she's, like, dining with Serena and Eric and their mom... Oh, no. Actually, they've moved to the country full-time. I'm just in the city to catch up with some old friends. I, I was like, oh my god, the voice, she sounds exactly like Buffy. Huh. Um, I, it, was, it was, it was, it was, uh, it was really, uh, weird, uh, eerie. Uh, I never thought to, about to hear that. Her talk that way. But you're not wrong. I mean... Yeah. yeah, I could hear that now that I'm thinking about it. But yeah, like I said, I never I never thought about that because I I mean, I watched Buffy well after I had seen Gossip Girl probably several times oh, through. I guess I, I saw them in reverse. So, yeah, yeah. So anyway, when that, I saw that, when that, I saw Michelle Trachtenberg on Gossip Girl, I thought of her as Harriet the Spy. So, yeah. Oh, that too. That too. <laughs> anyway, um, so that's all I have on, on Gossip Girl. Was there anything else that you had in your notes that you wanted to um, bring to the table here? No, I don't think so. I mean, it's, it's, uh, you know, as I said, as I said at the beginning, it's just like so like decadent and it's just like delightful. (laughs) And I realize I'm like, I'm delighting in like, in like these like life ruining dramatic moments that they keep throwing at each other, but it's just like so fun. Like, you know, whatever, like nonsense at a masked ball. Actually, I really don't like the masked ball episode. It just felt so, (laughs) it just felt so extremely like typical and emblematic of the show that it felt like an important episode to watch. (laughs) I was, I was terrified towards the end when uh, Serena swaps places with Jenny that uh, Jenny's brother was accidentally going to kiss her. Like I I was was like, Nate's the only one who does that. Yeah. Also, you might, um, you only started to get the beginnings of this stuff, maybe, as as this was playing out, but I believe that by the end of the show, every single, everyone in the main core group of characters... Has dated one another. (laughs) Has dated or at least hooked up with one another, I think with the exception of Serena and Chuck. Everybody, okay. every single combination that's possible in that group <laughs> gets together in some capacity, whether they date or they just like almost like they make out, they have like a little fling, like whatever. And I'm including Vanessa in this. See, sorry. See, now I'm just go- going on and on about gossip. If you just like to recap the whole rest of the series, you know, I, th- I think that would be, we, we have time. <laughs> that would be physically impossible because so much nonsense happens. But again, literally everyone <laughs> dates. I have to say, I think that Blair and Dan are actually my favorite pairing and ultimately Mm. couple although they don't end up together on the show like i think blair and dan should have been endgame for gossip girl like i think they they make a lot of sense in like interesting ways but it's one of those shows where everybody ends up with like who they were with in high school it's dumb i'm i'm also happy i'm also happy to tell you who gossip girl is if you'd like to know 
Uh, how about you tell me off air, just just okay. in case. I, I am sensitive to the fact that there's people listening who may Again, want to remain most, unspoiled. I think most people who would care probably know. But anyway, cool. I think we're probably done with Gossip Girl then. All right. Well, I think our next episodes, we don't have a, a, a date yet in mind of when we're going to do this, but we do know we're going to do yet another uh, special weekend of yes. some, some some bonus episodes here. Uh, do you want to explain what, what this, this theme weekend is going to be? Yeah. So, uh, and again, we're sort of a little bit removed from it at this point, but between um, the, the fantastic uh, Slate podcast about Watergate that came out earlier this year, Slow Burn, as well as uh, the movie The Post, which was, of course, about uh, the Pentagon Papers, um, we're, we're, we're both feeling, we're both feeling very like Watergatey. We're feeling pretty, you know, Nixon administration, pop culture-y, uh, and, and we've both already seen Futurama, so we can't watch a Nixon episode of Futurama. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so, so we both, what well, we realized, uh, as part of this, that, that we each, we each have a favorite Watergate movie and there are very different movies. Um, so we're gonna, we're gonna watch those in, in a future weekend. Should, should, should we give away what they are? are we yes, gonna I, suppose, wait, wait, wait. I suppose we could. Yours is, yours is like the Watergate movie. Which, it's all the President's Men. I the Watergate cannot, movie. It's the primary I cannot movie. believe you're a professional journalist and you've not seen all the President's Men. Like, I know. when we were first talking about this podcast and I was thinking of stuff to put on it, I don't know for sure that I wrote it off, but I would never ask. have... I would not have thought to ask if you had seen all the president's men. So we need to write this very soon. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So whereas the one that I have chosen and have watched several times, speaking of being a professional journalist, the first time I watched it actually was in newspaper class in high school. Um, <laughs> Which is where the first place I watched all the president's men. Yeah. So well, perfect. my, my <laughs> high school journalism teacher was a little more creative and went with the movie <laughs> Dick. <laughs> Uh, which is an intentional joke, but it's uh, a movie with Kirsten Dunst and Michelle Williams, and it's fabulous. So, and apparently Richard Nixon's in there too. <laughs> yeah, well, he's the, the where the title comes. He's from. Dick. Yeah, he's Dick. Yeah. Anyway, right, well, until until then, we, yeah, we don't we don't we don't know exactly when we're going to publish that. That'll be coming sometime soon. We're going to do it as another Saturday Sunday thing. Uh, until then, Emily, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, I am on Twitter at EJ Reports. And I am on Twitter at hey hey esj. This is Giant Geek versus Mega Noob. You know you love us. XOXO. This has been Giant Geek versus Mega Noob. For more, visit gvnpodcast.com. 